Welcome to the Chef of X podcast. Because I obviously don't know how. With plastic straws, you just go in and bends to your will. (laughs) The the metal straws are not very forgiving. (laughs) You're going to jam that right up your tooth, you're going to break off part of your tooth. You really have to reach out with your lips, grab it. (laughs) And then put it, place it where it's supposed to be. Because if you just go for a chomp. Well, you uh, should uh, think about maybe silicone straws. Because they're, they're, they're little, those are more forgiving. Uh, paper straws. There's a lot of different types of straws. Well, what I was going to say is I'm, I'm a new kombucha brewer. Now, I've never made kombucha, but I did grow a scoby. So I'm in the game. Oh, okay. And uh, my, it's been brewing for the last two weeks. And one of the steps is you're supposed to taste it. To see if it's still sugary, because I'm putting sugar tea in with mm-hmm. a, a bunch of bacteria. You you know about scobies probably more than most people if you have a biology background, possibly more than most people. But um, I'm familiar, but I mean, if you don't brew your own kombucha, then it's a little different. Like I'm I'm familiar with the process and and uh, and uh, what's it called the bacteria involved. Yeah. But uh, much more than that, I don't know about taste. I don't know what makes it taste better or worse or. Or what you want to put in it and not put in it, that's that's kind of where my knowledge ends. Well, here's where my knowledge ends. You take some sugar, you give it to the bacteria, they do some magic, and then you have kombucha. Magic. Well, yeah, it's complete It's called magic. fermentation? <laughs> sure, whatever that is, right? Oh, boy. <laughs> I, I mean, I have my background in biochemistry. I literally had to memorize every single step involved. Yeah. And, like, you know, the, the reactions of, like, just, like, the basic structure, like... Uh, like, you know, the chemical structure and like this moves and then that moves and then this gets, I mean, I know off. of was, chemical was, structures, uh, but that of kombucha or scobies. No, I don't know shit. I know it's supposed to be white <laughs> <laughs> and All I right. know to bring it back. I know that if I were to put a metal straw in there and slurp it, Ugh. if I taste some sugary shit, that means the scoby hasn't really eaten up the sugars it's supposed to. So I need to just leave it for longer. And it's and usually um, the scoby enjoys the heat apparently, so it's been pretty cold, and I think this is why it's taken my scoby so long to. I'm thinking grow. about. Do you know what type of? It's bacteria, correct? Yeah, it's bacteria. It's not yeast. So well, there should be some yeast in it, I think. Uh, do you know what type of bacteria? No, I know that, that scoby is an acronym, though. I should. I mean. If you're actually genuinely interested. In fact, the Y in the acronym stands for yeast. Okay. I, um, (laughs) no, no, I was just like thinking about, because there are specific conditions in which bacteria will grow better. That's why we have agrobacterium that grows at 28 degrees Celsius Mm. and E. coli grows at 37 degrees Celsius. That's their like optimum temperature. So like if you're going for if you're trying to grow bacteria then there's an optimum temperature to keep it at well it's Um, in my roommate's closet on the top shelf and also the heater doesn't go into a room well so it's like the coldest room in the house so i think the bacteria are possibly dead but i grew the scoby in that same condition with no sugar so the fact that but it did take a month (laughs) i mean so i think it's working but it's just working slowly also the SCOBY should, uh, I don't know if it doubles in size, but it increases in size each time you brew. Mm-hmm. And apparently in quality somehow. I don't know how. 
Um, they're just more mature SCOBY in there. The bacteria are stronger physically. They've been working out. They've been working out. <laughs> All the they sugar they've been gym eating. In there. Yeah. The sugar is their gym, which is why I'm sad that, I, you know, my mixture is sugary because they haven't been hitting the gym. Therefore, I don't have kombucha to drink today. Therefore, what the fuck am I even doing this whole thing for? If I have to wait so Optimum long, I might conditions. as well just go to, you know, get some kombucha on food stamps at the local Rite Aid if that's the case. Honestly, I don't think kombucha is so easy to obtain here <laughs> that I don't know why people. Well, I mean, I guess I understand why some people would go through the trouble and. and, I and, it would, well, and it's not trouble because. You don't really have to uh, do anything once you set it up, but the trouble is the waiting. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's like uh, making anything homemade, like uh, ramen eggs. Like to actually, like you can go to the to to a restaurant and get them, like you know, <laughs> right then and there. But it takes like three days to prepare that. I don't even know what you're talking about. Okay. There's a special kind of egg. Yes. It's it's. It, I was going to say Gabe would be able to explain it well. Um, it's a special kind of egg, and it's like soft-boiled egg, but they let it, like, uh, what's the word? Marinate in specific, like, sauces and stuff, and it just changes the taste of the egg and the, like, texture of the egg. Huh, soft-boiled. It's really good. And people eat it soft-boiled, or do they do something else with it? No, no, it's just soft-boiled. So yeah. it's like they soft-boil the egg and then let it marinate in the sauce for, like, three days. In the ramen, I'm guessing? Ramen. Yeah. No, and, and not in the ramen. The sauces are like separate. They have their own flavor, and then mm. they then they use those eggs for the ramen. Huh? It has a completely different taste. If I I should take you to a good ramen place, but I don't know of any here, Davis. <laughs> oh, that's Ooh, a diss. Hurt. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, there's okay places, but like when we're in San Diego, I mean, I can imagine. Well, wait a minute. Why would San Diego be better at at ramen? They just, there's this, um, there's this, uh, it's called Menya Ultra. Uh, the, the people who owned the, the restaurant came from Japan and have opened that restaurant and have been in, in the restaurant business for, since like 18 something. They've been in for like for a long fucking time. Yeah. And, um, they, I mean, once their doors opened, it was like a three hour wait just to get a seat. Mm. And it was just the best ramen you've ever had. So this is their first location here in the U.S. Hmm. And so it's like everybody just is always trying to get in. Like every single day, it's that busy. Wow. Like you just, you're on a wait list. What's really funny is that there's a Daiso next door. Yeah. So you just go on the wait list and then wander the aisles at Daiso until your, your seat's ready. Mm. Um, okay. It's a full yeah. experience. Yep, yep. And I I think Daiso is pretty happy that, that they opened up nearby because that's probably where, not like where a lot of their business comes from, but it's definitely a, a good business. <laughs> yeah. Wow. No, I was kind of a top ramen guy when I was a kid, so I don't really know much about ramen. I didn't even know that ramen was anything other than instant ramen Yeah. until Cape actually like, moved to San Diego and I was informed that... You know, I, I was uninformed. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, my life changed. It's like one of my favorite foods ever. Yeah. Is it nutritious, ramen? Uh, nutritious? Uh, I don't know if I'd say that. I mean, it's a lot of sodium. Yeah. And it's uh, very... Similar to it's a very. Part. I mean, it's a very brothy, brothy <laughs> yeah. thing. But they do include like uh, bamboo shoots and bean sprouts and stuff like that. So, like, yeah. depends on what you get. Hmm. 
I have a roommate who works in uh, food tech. And when I first, um, you know, moved in, he had a bunch of ramen. Well, <laughs> he had he had a variant of ramen that was meant to be more healthy. So, I mean, I figured the answer was no, it was ramen healthy. But he no. said, oh, yeah, well, people love ramen already. So, you know, this, whatever, try it out. And uh, I can't. <laughs> Bez came to my house. And I said, yeah, man, you should try some of this. And I did something wrong. I prepped it wrong. And I gave it to him. And he, he ate like three bites of it. And he was like, nah, I'm, you know, Oof. I don't want any more of this Oof. shit. And I was thinking, you know, I really missed an opportunity because – if I could have, like, Bez is a food guy. Oh, I mean, he's, what is he, what is his major, like, clinical nutrition or something? I don't know. I think it was something along those lines, because I know he's, like. I think it's something dealing with uh, personal training. Well, he's pre-physical therapy. Yeah. So he's pre, pre-PT, um, but he's super into food. Like, I know he had to take a lot of nutrition classes, so I think he's mm. clinical nutrition, which would make sense why he's super into, into food. Yeah, well, I served a food guy some bad ramen, and I actually felt kind of bad about it because he's constantly he's, giving he's people food. He's probably more more critical about about the food that he receives. Like, well, a, that's the thing is that who's even, the chef now? I know, right? <laughs> I mean, he is a real chef, but um, and even if I would have prepared it properly, he probably would have rejected it. But hmm. the fact that I misprepared it kind of made me think. Well, I sh- probably should have done a better job. This is. A food guy in my presence. This is Why some do you specialty think he wouldn't ramen. like it, though? Huh? Why, what, what makes you think it, that he wouldn't like it? Because it really wasn't the best ramen. It was the best at what it was trying to do. <laughs> Which wasn't a lot. <laughs> Which wasn't taste the best. It was be the most nutritious. Now, here's what he told me. You could eat only this ramen for the rest of your life and you'd be good. That was their, like, that's what they that's were going That's their slogan. For. <laughs> <laughs> Only eat this. It's like dog food. You don't even have to make decisions. You don't have to make decisions. And that's what I was doing when I first moved in there. I would eat this ramen nonstop. Mm-hmm. And I wouldn't care what the flavor was. He had his own specialty. Like, oh, I prefer these flavors. I should just give me everything. <laughs> Honestly, <laughs> it, it takes the decision making out of it. Like, you know, you don't even have to think about it. I think that a lot of people spend a lot of time thinking about food and it just, oh, honestly, yeah. I feel like it wastes a lot of my day. Well, yeah, yes and no. Because the side of food that's that's really cool that you miss out on when you're doing these drinkable foods or these uh, all-encompassed ramen meals is that is the social side where where it's like every time you explore a new recipe – that's something new that you can bring to, you know, friends, family, whatever, hmm. so that they can have an experience. Whereas like, you know, you're in my world, there is no there are no food experiences to give. Yeah. <laughs> except here, try some drinkable food. <laughs> they drink it, that's it, you know, probably won't like it. Okay, that's it. <laughs> End of story. <laughs> Enjoy. Enjoy understanding what it's like to kind of be a maniac. That's what I'm sharing. It's not the food. The culture, <laughs> you get to taste it a little. That's so bit. funny. That that reminds me of like the the lab that I'm currently in. Uh, there's someone in the lab that uh, she her thing is that she's wanting to try like every apple out there. And I and what so an she odd goal. so she how do you even why is that the goal? I mean, every we're in plant apple. we're I work in plant sciences, so I don't know. That could probably I mean, that, have something, yeah, something to do with, to do with it. it. But that still leaves the question of how did you narrow it down to from- apples? 
<laughs> well, actually, I know why it was apples. She well, said that, well, she's from, she's from China. Yeah. And so when she came here, she was like, yeah, in China, like we have like, you know, only certain amount selection of apples. But when she came here, she was like, there's so many apples. Well, you know, but why? <laughs> why? Why do you need so many apples? Yeah. And then, and then she realized like she was like, everyone seems to have like a different palate taste. Mm. So they need all these apples to meet supply demand. And it was really like, she was need. really interested. It I mean, need, maybe they yeah. do need. What do I know? But it seems like they're trying to create the demand. I mean, are people dreaming of these apples? I mean, obviously she is. <laughs> she's the only one. She's the only. <laughs> she's creating all the demand. <laughs> she well, she'll come back to the lab with like a different apple each day, and I'm like, where? How so far are you driving? At least she's to at least get these. Where are you getting these from? And they have some weird name like green emerald, or like. <laughs> I don't even remember the other types, but they were like, where, where are you getting this? You know, I only, I know the like top ones, but like Granny Smith, like Granny Smith, Red Delicious. <laughs> I don't even know that one. You know? <laughs> Red Fuji, Delicious. How many? Gala. <laughs> really? Yeah. You know, you, <laughs> I, you know what? Maybe if I saw them, Pink Ladies then one. I would recognize them and not know the name, but no, I don't know these <laughs> No, I don't know these names. There's a lot of fucking Fuji. apples out there. Like I don't even I Guadalana. didn't even realize that there was that many strands of apple. Like How about purple prize? Have you tried that one? Is that a thing? <laughs> I don't know if you're just making this shit up though. It's, it's, it's either a stripper name or a new apple. <laughs> Do you can you imagine can you imagine the people like trying to name like coming up with their like, like apple name, name and they just like go into a strip club and then boom they know their yeah. apple name just like, go into the weed movies. store and just create variations of that i mean i wonder like what even just strains of weed they have really <laughs> fucking weird names yeah but i think motor that, oil i think that it's fair to say that the experience you're getting from different strains of weed and drugs in general are going to be more profound than different apples. So you can name it based off of like what you're experiencing with weed. But with apples, it's really, I mean, <laughs> what can you even... What kind of experience? Like, how the thing and maybe This is somebody who's speaking as someone who... I'm not a, the biggest fan of apples. Fair, you know. I'm a... To like, be yeah, fair. I think apples but. are apples. <laughs> I mean... You got to compare apple to apple. Right? <laughs> but... but you know, In her case. Even, <laughs> even as, you know, even as someone who's not really in the Apple field, it's fair. It's a fair claim to say these differences aren't going to be profound, life changing. It was just special for her because she basically was surprised by it. It's just like a healthy curiosity, but that's different from a drug, which really is going to give you a powerful experience. You know, you take enough milligrams of this. You're not even going to feel like a human anymore, right? Oh, boy. And Apple's not going to do that to you. I've I mean, had the worst overeat. fucking trip. Yeah, like literally there's this worst fucking trip. And I was like, I don't even know what type of drug I'm on anymore. Like I thought so, but I'm experiencing something that like, yeah, you know, like, ah, uh, this must be laced with something. But I mean, it was from a dispensary. So I hope they didn't lace it with anything. Probably but you not. never, you know, ne you never know. You never really know, but it's less likely. Less likely. I was just, you know, the it's it's uh what's funny is um 
So I was like the last the last trip that I had it was it was last night. <laughs> yeah. But um it was uh very unpleasant and I was thinking like of course. Did you eat? I it was an edible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And so it was really interesting because I was like getting schizophrenic symptoms again. Yeah. And the only thing that I could think about was that THC affects your dopamine receptor. <laughs> mm. And uh, the medication that I'm on affects my dopamine receptor. Yeah. And if you take too much dopamine, like dopamine le- levels being way too high yeah. is similar to other types of a drug or similar to people who have, you know, balances of, of uh, imbalanced brain chemistry. Yeah. And so high levels of dopamine can also cause like schizophrenia or this or that. Yeah. So it was like, hmm. So my medication in addition to THC is just causing like an excess of dopamine in my system, which is making me like my symptoms be more like people who have this imbalance of brain chemistry. Yeah. It really is like that. I felt pretty imbalanced over the last week. Actually, I was, I had a weird experience. I don't know if it was sleep paralysis Hmm. or like a baby seizure, (laughs) but I wasn't, I was in bed, you know, and, uh, how do you get confused between the two? Cause I, uh, let me just explain (laughs) what I experienced from my perspective. I was in bed, you know, I I had a dream and it was a normal dream. And then at some point, at some point in the dream, a, a hand reached out and grabbed my chest. That must have been terrifying. So then I woke up. But when I was awake, I was like, my body doesn't feel something's a little off, right? It felt like there were fireworks in my brain. <laughs> were you able to move? I think I was, but I didn't. So that's why I bring in the sleep paralysis part. Because I've heard people <laughs> describe sleep paralysis as like, oh, there's a demon on my chest mm. and I can't move. And mm. it's like looking at me or whatever. But then... I bring in the seizure part because I'm like, well, if I was asleep and I was waking up and I was having a seizure, would I like, I don't feel like I was shaking, Mm. but how would I experience it? It's possible that it would have been similar to what like firework in the brain feeling, which is, that's all I could say to describe it. Hmm. I feel like that's interesting because sleep paralysis, at least from like, experiencing it and then also knowing people that are experiencing it is more of like uh uh waking up and not being able to move and you're just like stuck like your brain's intact yeah, yeah. but and it's my, almost and that's like, the thing my brain was intact like paralysis yeah. essentially like you are wanting to like get up and move but your you know your your brain telling your hand your arm to move is just not moving yeah um well for me i didn't try to move mm. i so just relaxed so you, i don't know if i could have moved known. or not yeah but there's no fireworks in the sleep paralysis. <laughs> no. It's, yeah. Well, how do you and, know? Because other people, uh, other people, demons sitting on their, on their. I mean, that could have been the way that their brain interpreted. And the for fireworks. you, it's fireworks. And for me, it could have been maybe more direct. I don't know. Um, so anyhow, it was a fun week. Is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> a fun week of fireworks in the brain. <laughs> yeah, I didn't. Uh, but I was remembering when I used to smoke weed, I remember 
I was smoking weed in Alabama. You mentioned being laced with some shit. Mm. <laughs> I always think back to those memories of smoking weed in Alabama because, like, you really didn't know if you were getting something oh, that God, was no. laced. Yeah, in no Maryland idea. either. There's, yeah. <laughs> there's no dispensary. There's no medical anything. There's nothing nearby. So I would literally... Um, you never know what these people are fucking doing. Yeah, I, I, I would go to a dorm room. Like, I had, I had this uh, roommate, or I had this friend who was from New Orleans, and he was just like a major stoner. And mm. I wasn't. I had just tried it, dabbled in it a little here and a little there. And he moved, you know, who knows, the semester changed. He moved in with a drug dealer. And he says, oh, just go with this guy. He's, uh, you know, I, I never I bought him. my own. Yeah. <laughs> I wasn't buying my own drugs. I was just smoking other people's stuff. But eventually I said, you know what, let me be mature. Let me start buying my own drugs and take some responsibility, you know. <laughs> so uh, he said, just buy it from this guy. He'll give you a discount. I trust this dude, whatever. I go to his room. And my friend isn't there, by the way, the first mm -hmm. time I go there. So I'm like. It's sketchy. Yeah, he wasn't. So I should have gone with him. But he was, I went in, knocked on the door. And I said, hey, you know, Jaleel sent me or whatever. He's like, oh, okay, yeah, come in. He, he puts a gun on the desk. <gasps> <laughs> Shit yourself. And then, fucking, and then he fucking takes out this, uh, he takes out this, this baggie and starts, you know, crumbling stuff up. But I can't see the scale. I'm trying to peek. <laughs> <laughs> he took a uh, the the like corner of a plastic bag, ripped it off, put the weed in there, and twisted it up. I've seen that the dime bag, <laughs> the fucking dime bag. And he said, "Yeah, the, you know, twenty dollars or whatever." And I'm like, "Uh, I mean, all right, <laughs> you know, what what other choice do I have if you just drop the fucking gun?" <laughs> what choice? Do I have? So I got. I go to my room, I have this little mini bubbler, you know, <laughs> I put on some music, <laughs> fill it up with water, and I'm smoking this stuff, and it's like, I just remember it crackling a lot more, and I was like, hmm, it's probably fine. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Ignored the crackling. Oh, the sketchy it. ass weed that I'm I got. Like, hmm. like, mm, yeah, I mean, and I'm getting high, so... You know, that's maybe this is the best that I have to hope for. <laughs> and then, you know, fast forward, I end up, you know, going through whatever, uh, these mental health fucking trials. Mm. And then I'm looking back at it and I'm like, yeah, you really, this was, it was really one of the worst situations weed wise that I could have been in because it's like, there's no verification. Oh, so yeah. that skepticism you feel going to the dispensary, just imagine that magnified being like, Okay, I'm oh, in, yeah. like we're in a small town in Alabama right now. Like I could be sent to prison for this. Yeah. This is insane. Yeah. In in Maryland it was the same way when so my my parents were like, uh, ah, you know, after a while of feeling sketched out by people, they just started growing it themselves. So they were yeah. like, you know what? We know this isn't laced. Yeah. We yeah. grew it and if it was laced, we did it while we were high. <laughs> yeah. We did it while we were high. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> we decided to I hope, lace it with shit. Well, one interesting thing that's happening, speaking of growing weed, is that there's so many strains available for purchase that um, now, even though I don't know all the laws in California, but I'm pretty sure it's legal for you to grow some amount now. Is it? Um, like in your closet or something like for that? your own possession? Yeah. Um, I don't know the laws per se about that. Well, but I think that like you, I mean, you can't sell it. There's yeah, a lot of yeah. laws between like 
selling it. I just don't know if like how it is about growing it yourself. I think it's like you can have a plant yeah, and then that's it. But I don't know exactly about that. I know that there's just a lot of regulations about it. Yeah. But I know that it's, I mean, it's not Maryland or Alabama. Yeah, it's not Maryland or Alabama. <laughs> well, speaking of the future, let's maybe not now, but in the future, it will be possible to grow your own plants eventually somewhere. I feel like it is. Yeah. And smoke it, right? Legally. I mean, California legalized it. So. Hopefully. I mean, a lot of other states. Yeah. That being said, there's still not an open and shut case for growing it if you don't have access to the strains that you want. That's true. So, like, I know for me, uh, having the, um, I think the indicas, the ones that are more like the sleepy ones, yeah, the drowsy indica. ones. Mm-hmm. Yeah, having those was, it, it was really important that if I smoked them, it would be some amount of indica like the pure sativas really were not good for me so um, <laughs> i kind of i get you on that because sativas there's i've literally never had a very good experience with sativa until recently and it was you know this one particular strain yeah it was just great and uh but every ever since then it's like in indica has been good um and what's funny is that like the whole uh like like called the symptoms that you get from indica versus sativa i had my friend over from uh new hampshire Mm -hmm. and so she's never she said she's never gotten high before in her life and so i was like oh you should but i i would have started off with her as a sativa yeah but i didn't own any sativa Mm. so i just like all right i guess you're gonna experience an indica and uh, i hot boxed her because of course she didn't she she didn't really know how to like breathe properly and it didn't matter of any explanation that i gave her Mm -hmm. so i was like okay well if you're hot boxed you have no choice and um then the first thing that she did when she was high was obviously she was just laughing the entire time (laughs) out of nothing but that's like a given and um and she went immediately to the fridge, mm-hmm. ate something, and then immediately to bed and oh, just wow. slept. Oh, that wow. was it. That was literally like the, the duration of her experience of being high was eating and sleeping and yeah. laughing yeah, the entire time. But uh, my first experience of being high was ridiculous. Mm. I was 14 mm. and I was under my parents' supervision. Wow. <laughs> and it was their edible. And I, they you know. They started you off with edibles. I yes they did surprisingly yeah. I don't know why yeah in I've, any I've, right mind I've never done edibles but that's what I've heard is that they're more extreme oh god <laughs> yeah I mean at least for me I really like smoking I prefer smoking because you have you have a way of controlling your intake yep but with edibles it takes so long to hit so like for me like normally it takes you 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 wait an hour. And then a lot of people, what they do is they, they don't feel anything after an hour and they get frustrated. So they take some more. But mm-hmm. then after like me, you know, maybe five, 10 minutes more, they regret taking it, taking yeah. more because then it starts to hit. And then there's no way of properly dosing it because it just <laughs> takes so long to, you know, there's, it takes so long to be effective. And for me, it was the funniest thing too is like, for me, I was like, okay, it's been two hours. I took like, whatever amount and i was like you know normally this amount hits me two hours an hour in it's been two hours this is taking way too long and you know it was the same thing as i i ate that that uh for new year's yeah so like for me you saw how it it affected me fairly (laughs) fairly quickly Hmm. but uh it took four hours yeah and at that point i was like i just don't even you know i don't really care to be high i'm gonna 
watch this movie and uh, go to bed. And then it hit me at the end of that fucking movie. Oh. Yeah, but it was a bad trip because it was uh it was weird to me because uh uh it's like for me in my like the mental health position that I was in, it was uh. It felt like my the medication that I was on was just gone. So I didn't have any medication uh, helping my, like, brain function. So all I was doing, like, my depression just kind of hit me all at once. And, yeah. like, all the other symptoms that I get, the hyperparanoia, whatever it is, it also helped me realize about the progress that therapy has done. Yeah. And, um actually like going through the steps of therapy over again while I was uh while I was high and experiencing everything in a heightened way. Yeah. Yeah, so I was just like, I don't know. The drugs can have a positive effect and then they can also have a negative effect. But I don't know. And have you had I mean, good I mean, assuming you have had bad and good experiences, what is what has been the most the, seizure, the most dude, memorable my, my baby seizure is the oh well I'm talking about prescription drugs now. <laughs> that's the only thing and that's might not even have, have had anything to do with my um lithium. I take a mood stabilizer. But like yeah. uh I suspect it might have had something to do with it because I had like a couple of days off of it, but that would mean that I have less lithium in my body, which yeah. would be weird. So maybe my body overreacted or something. I don't know. Fuck it now. Less um, tolerant. But yeah, I, I had a I had a, a large number of uh, bad uh, high experiences hmm. before I had like a full on psycho psychotic episode. Hmm. And it was like looking back, it was like you know, <laughs> it was like there was a trail leading up to it, but they were all kind of funny in a weird way. Like one of them was that I was dating this girl for like a year or something, and uh, she ended up joining a sorority and dumping me. Like Oof. literally after she joined, because of a because of or she probably just hated me the whole time and just finally had you know she got an offer or something. <laughs> Somebody said, "Well, now you're part of this sorority. You know, you should be fucking with me, not him." And I was like, kind of a loser. I was a, a guy from California and Alabama. I didn't have fraternity shit. I didn't have crazy money. I was a skater. That's not the right <laughs> place to be a skater, you know? And Alabama's so, not a good place for that, for sure. <laughs> no, they, they, um, I was a laughing stock. But oh. I was, like, academically competitive, but that's uh, they didn't even really respect that. They oh, respected I mean, jobs. Yeah. So if you got all Cs but you worked at PG&E, then they respected that more than somebody who was like, hey, I like do research. Like, who are you? But what do you? how much money do you yeah, make? Yeah, how much money do you make, bro? So, um I did end up making money, but it was after all this went down. Um, actually, it was in between. So this is what happened. She she uh, dumps me. Then that summer, I started making money. And then she was like, let's get back together. <laughs> what a gold digger. <laughs> she knows. <laughs> Work the system. <laughs> so she invites me to this... Uh, the sorority party as like you know us getting back together it was like the beginning of the year the summer was over she's like yeah come to this party you know first you fall for something. i go to the party but oh boy the same guy whose roommate was the drug dealer mm. he smokes me out he's like man i know you've been going through a lot just smoke with me but this guy's a major stoner i'm not Mm. So we're doing bong hits. I don't know what we're... I never know what we're smoking, right? This is Alabama. <laughs> but I'm just trying to keep up with him. <laughs> Oof. I, I get don't out of it. Keep, <laughs> you know what? 
I get out of the car. We're at the club. It's like the dirtiest, dingiest club you can imagine. I mean, the, the toilets there were basically <laughs> holes in the ground. It's like not, the walls weren't wet. There's all this plaster everywhere. I thought, I thought you were going to say the walls are covered in shit. No, oh, luckily not. Well, in some of the stalls, yeah. But <laughs> uh, we go up there and like I step out of the car and everything just shoots backwards like like i'm in a way bigger space and i was like oh i'm here yeah i i it it hit you yeah i'm like how do i even walk to the club (laughs) like it's not that far we get there the guard is patting me down and i'm just crying laughing it's so hysterical to me the way he's patting me he's like (laughs) (laughs) seems so i'm like so functional what is this and it was like by the time I got in there, every minute that I was there, I could only, my memory only lasted one minute oh, before. Yeah. So I even, was like, I don't even know what's going on. I don't, I don't even, even know why I'm here. So here's the creepy thing. I start hearing voices, right? Mm, yeah. Narrating, but it's me. It's not like, you know, crazy stuff. It's like my own thoughts are just really abstract. Yep. This girl walks out of the crowd and she's coming toward me. And the voice says, um, like you guys are like connected hmm. i don't even remember seeing her face and i'm like i literally have no idea who you are but i'm just gonna go along with this voice <laughs> so she's like hey baby how are you or whatever and i just like give this random person a hug who i feel like i don't know and have never met and like that's the rest of the night i'm like i don't know this fucking person but they're being nice to me so i'm just gonna you know, gonna play. go with it. I'm just gonna play it off. So I wake up the next morning, and she's mad at me, of course, right? Mm. And I'm like, "What the fuck did I do? Right? I went to your party. I accepted this relationship. I did everything, <laughs> everything that you asked for. I did everything you asked for." And uh, she said, um, "You didn't give me a place to sit." What? And then I remember back, and what happened was, I was so high, I was sitting in a chair, and there were all the chairs were filled. And she came up and she said something that wasn't direct. Like she said, uh, it would be nice if I could sit down. Hmm. And I'm so high. I'm not even processing that she's asking me to give up my chair. So I'm like, oh, yeah, it would be nice if you could sit down. <laughs> and like this, from an outside perspective, you're like, that's fucked up. But then when you're high as balls, you're like, I, I didn't. Yeah, it, it got to the point where it was like, fuck remembering one minute before i couldn't even remember a few seconds before like oh, everything yeah. that was happening like was that, that it was, was brand it? new like yeah. i was having a novel experience i didn't even i had no data from the past yep. i was just existing as a being in that moment purely yep. and yeah it was it was wild but like the fact that it was um you know nothing bad happened other than the seat thing mm-hmm. but when I look back at that experience, I really do feel like other people don't ever have those high experiences. And maybe I'm wrong. For what? Those particular high yeah, experiences? Like, not, like the memory being gone to that level, not remembering people, um, just not, just being so gone that you can't even – it's impossible for you to be yourself. I think for me – oh, my dog has joined. Um, for me – uh, the memory, like memory loss, if that's that a good way of putting normal, it, that's normal for yeah. me. And maybe not every single, well, I would say that that seems to be pretty common. Um, not remembering people, I don't think so. I've never had the not remembering people. 
But uh, I've gotten to where, like, me and Gabe have, have come up with this, like, scale of, like, how high are you or how <laughs> drunk are you or whatever. Yeah. You have a scale so that we know, like, okay, I should be babysitting this person. Yeah. Or this person needs to drink a lot more water. Or, you know, like, maybe you should take away their drink or, yeah. you know, whatever it is that needs to be to be done. So, um Sorry, my nose is like runny. <laughs> um, but uh, sorry, Dex is also very distracting. Oh, you have headphones on. I'm, I wonder how that sounds. Oh, not, like, no, 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 no. That's fine. That's fine. <laughs> um, but. Uh, there's been or at least the first time that I was high. It was a really interesting experience, but I was high for three days, mm-hmm. and I thought that I fucked up because I. Uh, okay, this is the rest of my life. It was always going to be this way. Yeah. And um, the there was one experience with that. That what the fuck is this laced with shit? Yeah. I felt like my scale of one to ten of where I knew what high was. It went past that. Oh my god! It and went I was past like, 10? it went past the high that I even knew existed. Like I thought, okay, well, what were the symptoms? So, so I, I I always describe to people who are getting high for the first time about what they're going to experience yeah. because I don't want them to be unaware of it or be scared or whatever. And I've actually talked to um, Aaliyah is her name. Bez's yes. friend yes. yeah about like talk to her about what I was describing of like being high or being drunk feels like and then having her describe other drugs what they feel like so I could feel she's like, never been high or drunk no she has no oh. I mean she's she's done a lot more drugs is what I'm oh, saying like oh, oh I have a question about what shrooms feels like and then having them describe it to me the exact ways I would describe to someone else being high yeah so normally what I describe being high to feel like for me is that I start to feel it when I feel like a radiating, like, you know, how your leg falls asleep or that, that like feeling that you have. Yeah. I start to feel that at least in either in the front of my, to my brain, like your frontal cortex. Yeah. That's, that's the music you hit. Yeah. Is that the uh, rice cooker or that's something? the rice cooker. Yeah. That's beautiful. Yeah. Um, how long does it go on for? That's it. just that um or in the back of my head on the two sides i feel this radiating like it's more of a radiating feeling but it's a radiating feeling of like that arm falling asleep feeling Mm. but it radiates yeah and then after that i get what i refer to as the laggy eyes Mm. and what i describe it as is the actual function of what actually happens um to your body and why it actually feels like you have laggy eyes um and what happens is that when you look at anything when you look at a point and then you move to another point what your brain does is take a picture of this particular point and then this particular point and blurs everything in between Mm. so if you like move your eyes quickly you'll notice that it's like it blurs the in between But what happens when you intake marijuana is that there is no blur anymore. It's just picture, 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 picture. And it's black in between. It's black in between. So I call it laggy eyes because it lags. It kind of goes places, but without having that blur. So... That's what I describe to people as laggy eyes. And you're, 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 you're familiar with what I'm describing. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that is an effect. And then um, another thing, too, is that things seem funny to you because 
and I, I don't know if I described this to you or someone else, but there are types of comedy. Yeah, I described, yeah, yeah, yeah there are types of comedy. And so when you're unable to be able, like you're unable to predict what's going to happen, which is the whole thing about when you're on marijuana, it's like very present and not being able to remember, like your, your short term memories, like not really there. Um, so since you're unable to predict what's going to happen next, everything seems funny to you because you're like, wow, you know, even though this n- normally like common thing, like if you're walking from this space to this space, you know, you're going to end up like one space to this space. Yeah. But when you're high, you don't, you, you're just walking and you're not like, you don't know what's going to happen. So when you end up in a new space, you're like, what the fuck? How did I get here? You know? Yeah. Um, but, uh, so it's, it's funny to you also the fact that you, um, forget, like, you know, you don't have, uh, you don't have short term memory. Um, everything also is, uh, is funny to you because you forget what you were just talking about or what was just happening. And then you have no way of predicting anything. So everything just seems funny to you. Mm. Um, or things that just like, catch you off guard like even simple jokes that just kind of like seem to change topic suddenly um those seem way funnier because it's like you can't even predict it um and then so those are the levels of high like starting to get high and higher and higher as i said like those are like one to five on my scale of one to ten um then you get uh body high which also feels like you, like your limbs are very far and disconnected. Like when you look at your arms, they just don't feel like attached to you. They're just kind of there. Yeah. Like they're my separated. Shoulders and arms, yeah. Yeah. They're kind of distant. Like, wow, this is so far away from me, but it's like attached to me, huh? And I'm able to move them. Um, and then also your senses become heightened. So when you feel things like when I, the first time I was ever high, we had like the, the same type of walls and all I was doing was rubbing the wall. Because huh. that's all I could feel. But there's actually a way of doing that in meditation of where you, um, it's called, it's called, uh, mindful meditation or something along those lines. And what you do is you focus on all of your senses. When you close your eyes and become aware of every single thing, like you close your eyes and you're aware of the, the way that your, your clothes feel on you, the way that your feet touch the floor, the way that you like, your glasses sit on your face. It's kind of something that's ignored. So what your brain has is, um, is, uh, uh, what's it called? Is that when you, something is overly stimulated. So like it's a constant stimulation of like your glasses fitting on your face or clothes on your body. So you You stop ignoring it. Yeah. Yeah. So what happens when another thing with marijuana is that you don't have that anymore. It doesn't, it, it, the constant stimulation doesn't get turned off. You feel it again. Mm. So then everything becomes very, you know, your senses are like, wow, I can feel everything. It's just that your brain hasn't like, doesn't uh, like, is actually starting to perceive the constant stimulation. Yeah. Another thing too, is that like, uh, your, the, what's your, your, uh, what's it? It's called something. I remember learning in physiology, but. My brain's kind of like it's been it's been a couple of years since I've taken physiology. Yeah, no, um, take your time. Uh, what's it called? You have like a, 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 a feedback mechanism that keeps you breathing or like keeps you walking and everything. Like if you walk, you don't have to think about what foot goes in front of the other. You know, right? To like move places, your brain just kind of automatically does that. 
Well, since becoming hyper aware of everything, you also become hyper aware of what your bodily functions do. Mm. So like when you're high, you can feel like, oh, I forgot to breathe. Right. You know, like, wow, I forgot. I've just been holding my breath for how long, right. you know? Um, and for me, the munchies didn't happen until like maybe the 15th time I was high, but it was just a craving for like my stomach feeling empty. Mm. Um, and there's, uh, there's two, um, hormones that are responsible for, um, for w making you feel full and making you feel hungry. And so that's like, there's an imbalance of it. And so that's why you start to feel hungry when mm. you're high. Um, but I, as I said, like it, it probably takes a while to, to, to happen because you have to become, uh, I, what's the word? It, like not sensitized to it, desensitized to it. Um, and so like, that's probably why for me, at least it took a while to get, <laughs> to actually feel munchies. Um, Anyway, but those are like one of the symptoms from like, I guess, one to 10. You start to feel those way. Yeah. But what I felt in this particular high was that it kept going. And normally when I get way too high, it feels like the room is spinning because it's like, wow, I can just like, you know, it feels like I'm moving very quickly. Like, yeah. like <laughs> Gabe described it when he was way too high once is I can feel the earth moving. Mm. Because it feels like you're constantly moving, like your um, balance is off. And so it just kind of feels like everything's going forward and not stopping. Um, and normally around that is when you start to also feel nauseous because it feels like everything's moving. So you start to get sick. Yeah. Um, this was a, and for this particular high, I never got through that step of feeling like, not like, I never got to that step, but I'd never felt nauseous. And so it kept going. And what I was noticing is that, you know, when you like, when you look at a screen on a, on a phone or on a TV, it's just made out of like little pixels of light. Yeah. Um, it felt like when I was looking, looking at things, I could see like it broken down into pixels. Oh, I didn't know exactly how to describe that, but it felt like I was seeing all the individual colors that make it up. So like if I was seeing like something that's purple, I feel like I could see the reds and the blues there in that particular thing. And not on a screen. You're not. And not on a screen. a screen. No, just, just like yeah. looking around the room, like on plants or whatever. I was just seeing that. And it was almost like a, like a moving thing. And so I was like, is this, is it maybe, I, like, first I was like, huh, like, I've never felt this way. Is this shrooms? Is this how shrooms is supposed to feel? I've never yeah, been done yeah. shrooms or I've never done any other psychedelics. So how was that? How would I supposed to know? Also, this was from a dispensary. So I was like, no, it can't be. But <laughs> <laughs> what? Well, it's and probably that it was so pure. I have um, no idea. From the dispensary that you're having these next level effects. Yeah. And um, and the friend that I took it with, she also was having these effects. But she took it, I guess, 20 minutes. So, like, there was a delay in 20 minutes between her experiences and the, my experiences. Like, she would yeah. go through them and then I would go through them. And then it was, like, back and forth. Mm. Um, and then the next level of what she referred to as the Z-axis <laughs> of, like, she kept referring to it as the Z-axis, which was really funny to me because it was, like, uh, everything's viewed on the X and Y axis. Like, you think that this is it. Like, yeah. if you're living in a one-dimensional world, to be told that there's two dimensions is, like, mind-blowing. Right. Um, for us, it was just, like... Uh, I didn't even know that the, there was this level of high and it was getting 
overwhelming, like it was just some overwhelmingly stimulated um, way of being. I don't know exactly how to explain it. And it just made me feel like I wanted to be out of it. It was starting to get miserable. And I was literally asking, like, someone needs to punch me and knock me out. Like, I couldn't even lay down and try to sleep because I would still (laughs) feel it. Like, I would literally still be experiencing all of this and I probably couldn't sleep. So, I need someone to just, like, knock me out. Like, take me out of this. And so, it was getting really bad. And then also, just, like, breathing and stuff. Like, I started to lose function of my limbs. Mm. I couldn't move them. Like, almost like a like the sleep paralysis yeah. or something. But it was just, like, I couldn't move them. I had no feeling in them. They were going numb. And then I was having a hard time breathing because I was, like, I feel like it's just, like, like, like pushing a huge weight. Like, like, really taking all of my effort and all of my muscle to just breathe in and breathe out and so it was like fuck i feel like my body's shutting down like the 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 whole like nervous system kicking in to keep your like keep your body breathing and uh keep your heart pumping and everything i feel like that's like been tampered with and like now i don't now i have no function over my body anymore and it's just just shutting down i'm like crap this is it and it's all because of this edible (laughs) 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 you know i fucked up (laughs) But uh, yeah, no, it was an out, uh, otherly worldly, worldly experience. But um, I also think that that's that's the kind of level of detail that yeah. I go into when I explain explain how drugs feel or yeah. explain anything. So I mean, you can probably like experience it with me as I'm describing that's it. Better, yeah, I'd much rather that. Yeah, yeah. because the thing is, yeah, you know, I don't. I would not recommend anyone wanting to experience something yeah, like that. It, it, the overload thing. I think everybody yeah. has a different capacity. Yeah, but I think mine is super low. I think it's easy for me to be overloaded mm-hmm. just by any and and maybe it's just a tolerance thing maybe not but it can get miserable really quickly oh yeah to the point where it's like why am i you know why don't i just go write a book or something why don't i do something that has less of a downside for me yeah and um you know a number of those things it's like there i feel like uh working out is better than getting high for me Mm, because yeah. the the trade-off is actually like especially things like runner's high going for a jog where it's like this is gonna i don't know it, it, it takes some amount of effort so that's a downside you know if it's raining then maybe not but the upside of <laughs> i said treadmills treadmill no nah, i'm not a treadmill guy i I'm gotta see the scenery i gotta look around you know what i mean i grew up skateboarding riding bikes like for me seeing stuff move past me is an important part of the experience. Gabe's the same way. Uh, for me, I liked I like numbers. Okay. I yeah, like that's true. Measurability. I like measure because yeah. it, for me, it's either to, it's easier to like be able to be like, oh well, I'm so used to running at this mu- like this speed, yeah. well, I'm going to move it up and then yeah. see progress that way. I can actually measure the progress. Yeah. Well, that's how I feel about weights mm. because I do a lot of uh, body weight movements by force. To be real with you, <laughs> but um, but I mean. the the beauty of weights for me is is exactly that that each week i can add some amount of weight and do something that i couldn't do the last week Mm -hmm. and it's it's psychologically very rewarding and that's what i was going to say about jogging too is that aside from the runner's high it's psychologically rewarding to be a jogger Mm -hmm. and that reward is uh i don't have once you get that momentum going uh no pun intended right (laughs) (laughs) once you get that momentum going it really is the 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 few downsides that come with it 
are overridden by the huge upside of like, oh yeah, I, I get to do this regularly. Yeah. Yeah. I, I a mean, person. Uh, just starting to run again after not running for a long time and, uh, no, like at least the first two days, like I knew exactly what that would entail because I, when I get started, when everybody gets started and if not exercising ever, then you just feel sore. Yeah. And then you're like, I'm not going back because I feel sore. But then you go back when you're sore and then you become even more sore. And then eventually your body kind of gets used to it. Um, yeah, I mean, running and, and getting back into like going to the gym and stuff was actually really great for me. Um, it felt like it was more like, uh, a sense of accomplishment, but also a sense of purpose. Yeah. Um, there's some, and there's a way of monitoring it and seeing progress and everything like that. Also going up the stairs and being able to catch your breath is nice. (laughs) That's true. I I remember like it just, at least in my old job, I was like, I had to go up like two flights of stairs. In the lab? Because we had lab, our lab, um, was on multiple floors. Hmm. So we had a built like we had a room on the second floor, but we had a room in this and uh, the first and the basement. But then we had like um, equipment that we would use in other rooms and in other buildings. So we would have to also go over to an, another building for for their growth chambers or whatever it was. They didn't give so. you guys a little. A golf little. cart or something to drive around oh my god i wish we had this rattly ass cart and i don't know if you know about the the like any of the paths in davis like uc davis is like it's okay for bikes yeah but when you're pushing a cart full of like plants yeah it's just like a fucking bumping yeah. like because bikes you know? have the tires and bikes they're also t- very thin yeah but also like even just pushing that cart with all the fucking like uh bikes just zooming past you yeah. have no regard for the fact that i'm carrying plants yeah eh, people have their people relate to class <laughs> people don't respect plants in general people don't and you know what i probably didn't either like honestly <laughs> if i if i didn't get this job in plants i had no regard for plants at all like so what's, they were, the, what's the new job you've probably told me before but I, oh i mean in one lab and now you're in another yeah so before I worked in the plant pathology department, yeah, uh, but I worked with mainly in insects because yeah. uh, pathology can be fungal, can be insect, it can be whatever. Um, but now be it could be uh, kombucha, scoby, yeast. In some sense, I work in a lab. You work. I mean, <laughs> I it's lab. Yeast. It's lab work. Well, the, <laughs> it's a cold closet. There's a there's a there's a, a thing in science. I don't know who said this, but it's a quote, and it's like it's only it's only science if you write it down. Mm. So if you didn't write it down, well, I wrote you're just down fucking around. And stuck it on the mason jar. So one slash six is when I put, <laughs> put the sugars in. Now you got to give it some time. Yeah. See, well, now if you, if you start recording that, then that's science. No, I'm just going to exactly. put the metal strong. No, you're just fucking it. around. <laughs> you're just fucking around fucking now. Fucking around is better. <laughs> fucking around is closer to reality you- anyway. I mean, yeah. Uh, so with my new job, I work in plant sciences, which is not all that different. But since we work with, uh, we're in the same department as like um, the biochemistry, molecular biology, cell biology, microbiology. Uh, we're in that same area with all, and we work with uh, 
with the labs in the area. Mm -hmm. So they all are doing that, but we're in plant sciences particularly. So we don't focus anything on the, the insects at all. I actually don't work with insects anymore. Before I worked with like six different types of insects. Um, now I work specifically with the plants, like mm -hmm. just the plants. And a lot of it is, um, is genetics works that I'm working on particularly. Yeah. CRISPR, huh? Um, I work with Cas9, but not CRISPR. What's the difference? Uh, one is an enzyme. And okay. one is a system of, uh, I, I'm probably going to get like quoted on this wrong, but, uh, one is a gene editing tool and the other is the Cas9 is, it's CRISPR Cas9 because it involves the Cas9 enzyme. Mm -hmm. but uh but that's just one part but that's of the just one part tool. yeah so yeah. one's like a gene editing we don't do a lot of like gene uh, to say we don't do gene editing is 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 kind of wrong to say but um is breeding considered gene editing um, i think uh like yes like artificial selection yes yeah. but yes but like when we're talking about like gene editing at least in the terms of my lab what we're doing is like physically editing the gene. Like what I do is like, okay, well we want to grow or not grow. We want to see, take this particular part of a gene yeah. and we sequence it. And then we're going to put it in a plasmid and then the plasmid's going to take it and put it in the plant mm. and then express that gene. Okay. So what we do is, um, so my, my particular work and I'm going to be starting on different work soon, but, um, I'm actually going to start working for the Department of Defense. Oh, perfect. So, That's where every scientist works. And so, uh, <laughs> and so I have to sign a non, uh, non-disclosure. So you can't say it on this podcast, what you're working on at the Department of Defense? I don't even know yet. <laughs> so Once you know, they'll bomb the house if you take it. <laughs> I have no idea what will happen, but <laughs> I'm not going to take that risk. No, it's not worth the risk. Um, but I know that what I'm currently working on is not. And uh, what, I'm, what I'm working on now is just... You know, like, a better way of putting it is, you know how the sky's blue? We yes. all know the sky's blue. It's like, okay, well, now we how, how do we prove that the sky's blue? How do we measure it? How do we do whatever? So, we know that in, in, uh, in like, in uh, plants, that there's a specific gene that I'm working with. It's called TRS, the t tobacco rattle, uh, no, TR TRV, tobacco rattle virus. And, um, we know that when a plant is infected with this virus, that the, the, uh, the virus doesn't actually carry on to its seeds. So if mm. you collect a seed from this infected plant and grow the seed, it doesn't like the, the seeds don't have the virus. Okay. And that's true for a lot of plants. There are actually very specific viruses that, um, that affect the progeny is what it's referred to as mm -hmm. uh, the plants offspring offspring. I feel like offsprings like not a very good word to use for plants, but I mean, it yeah, is their not? offspring. Um, there's very few viruses that do that. So essentially I'm taking this, this uh, specific virus and all I'm saying, all I'm trying to, prove is that uh the progeny is unaffected by the virus so we take a sample of the of the host virus or the host plant and see yeah okay it's infected grow them up get the seeds from them plant the grow seeds them up. grow them up <laughs> and uh then take the seeds from or take the seeds grow them and then uh take samples from that and then just see if they have the virus or not and you do this 10 billion times yep 
one each day, one for each day that you're paying you're doing one. <laughs> Just a bunch of times until okay. there's enough data, until yeah. there's enough enough repetitive uh, or repeated it enough that there's there's th- the statistics show mm. that there's um. That's true. So we're just kind of proving something that's already kind of commonly known. Yeah. Um, just so that we have data to actually back the commonly known thing. Yeah. Um, so it's for in that case, it's just kind of like an easy, it's an easy like paper to publish mm-hmm. because uh, it's kind of like already commonly known. So we already kind of know what the answers are going to look like. Yeah. Um, and if they look like otherwise, then it's going to be like, like okay great like the the they look different so now we can prove something else now we have a real discovery yeah Yeah. so either way whatever evidence that we get from this it's going to be interesting but for me that's like a it's a very small project that i'm working on to kind of just get me settled in the lab um and teach me all of the techniques that i'm going to be using uh from here on out Uh, i'm going to be doing a lot of cloning as Mm. well and um need more of that cloning well for plants we really do need more of that i and mean if, and for humans we probably need more of that cloning. just take the good ones clone them and then the i rest. feel like this is going to lead to like some star wars <laughs> bullshit you know with the clones yeah attack of the clones oh my God. well as long as they're good clones what if there were more of nature you? versus nurture <laughs> hey just clone them in a way that doesn't allow for nurture to really have much of an effect. <laughs> oh boy, I don't know that. I don't know if we, we could probably Constrain do that with... their DNA. You know how to edit DNA, right? Do it. Go to work. I feel like it would be really complicated to do with humans because we're like, the way that our psychology is, is completely different than, not like completely different than animals, but like um, to clone like a plant per se. It's, it's a lot easier because they don't have like... Plants don't have brains. The psychology yeah, the is brain. Is, that's true. They don't have brains. Well, <laughs> they're not I, well, sentient arguably, beings. Arguably, um, someone has made the argument that I think it was the movie Avatar <laughs> made this argument oh that <laughs> networks of roots can somehow or another be the equivalent of a brain as long as there's signal processing that can be measured or something hmm. along those lines. I feel like it's um, <laughs> plants are very interesting because they they do like they're they're considered a living creature because. They fit all the classifications of a living creature. Um, and it means so does bacteria, et cetera, et cetera. But um, the dynamics between like an animal versus a plant or any other sort of thing is um, is uh, all dependent on how the cells function as a whole. Mm. So it's not necessarily about how cellular function on an individual cell level, but more of like a cellular, uh, like an organism. They, we, they always teach us, like, in biology, it's like, you know, we have cells, and the cells become this, and then they become tissue, and then organs, and then organ systems, organisms, mm. like, all of the, the whole classifications of, of biology, but, um, yeah, no. By the way, all of those seem extremely shaky. The, huh? the, the, the biology conversation about life, to me, seems like the physics conversation about something from nothing. Where the shakiness is more philosophical than anything else. It's like, what does it mean for there to be something? Oh, it means, well, we only know of certain things, so not that. You mean like, uh, <laughs> you mean like the classifications on what is life? Yeah. It's, yeah. It seems like, well, uh, I do mean, we, does anybody really know? So we, well, I mean, we classify life based on like at least biology in general. We classify life on based on these these ways that we've we've decided. Yeah. Not because of like there are these ways out there, mm-hmm. 
but we classify life as, uh, you know, something that adapts to change, pH, temperature, stuff like that, something that reproduces. Um, there's like a whole list. I remember, um, uh, I can't remember the, this very minute, but that's also why we can't exactly classify viruses as life mm. because viruses need a host. Yeah. And if viruses don't have a host, then they're not considered really living because they own, but they do have their own DNA. They do have their own RNA, whatever else it is. Um, and they do have some sort of things that we would consider life, but they don't just, they don't meet all of them, which yeah. is why we don't consider them living creatures. So it's like, I, I really like having the discussion with other biologists who know yeah. about this and like whether or not they consider viruses life. Yeah. Um, because at that point you just kind of have to know a lot about viruses or like uh, just kind of like on the point of like bacteria being life as well, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah, no, that's a, that's a, but I, I don't know a lot about the, the physics, the physics portion of that. Well, what I'm, what I'm saying is like, all comes from nothing. Well, th there's amount of, there's some circular, aspect to it um so so you could say okay uh, response to ph that's one of the criteria for life mm -hmm. well why is that one of the criteria well it's because we've observed things that are that we already considered alive mm -hmm. and then we just said well you know they they all kind of do we already have this we secretly have our own um kind of conclusions that that are already <laughs> decided and yeah. then we're just saying well we know that dogs are alive and they respond to ph so let's just have that as one of the things <laughs> we know that dogs are alive and they're this so let's have I mean, that science as one of the is things. all observational work it is but classification is especially sticky but the, what i what i meant with the similarity with the physics thing is that uh there is this debate of how do you get something from nothing the big bang mm -hmm. right yeah. that's what they're saying yeah um, well the thing is the definition of what something is is actually under debate because as if you're educated in physics, you could make the argument that the more we learn about the universe, the better position we're in to even say what something means, the term something. Whereas if you're not educated, you might end up giving a definition that doesn't actually align with the modern view of the world. Mm. So an example of that is you could say, I was um, actually, oh, sorry, uh, I, I, I have a point, but I just go for it. To go for it. Um, it's like people who don't know what the word theory means. Yeah. Well, I, I think that like, one's an easier debate though. Yeah. But, uh, but well, I, uh, maybe it's similar. Actually, I maybe mean, the, it's maybe, an you're easier right. debate, but I think of more of like, uh, the whole, what I mean by that is the lack of education versus education. Yeah. And when you hear like a lot of people, like the common, like just a normal person who's, who's just uneducated in that particular subject, here's the word theory. They think of it as being something that's like, um, uh, you know, like not factual. It's right. a theoretical thing. But if you're in it's science, actually, if yeah. you're in science, then you know, like a theory is like the highest it can get. There right. are no, there are no facts in science because everything, if there's some way of disproving it, then like everything's a theory because you can't ever like, you can't overlook evidence that would disprove it. Right. Um, so I just like that it, a similar basis of uneducated people saying that something is something. And yeah. Uh, and, and the summary of that, I've heard this before is that the normal person, when they hear theory, they think hypothesis. Oh yeah. 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 But in science, hypothesis is the first thing. Yeah, yeah. 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 So, um, but yeah, it's a matter of education. Like you could say, um, there's nothing um, – if, if you think – it's possible to have a sensible way of talking maybe in the past 
that would say air is nothing. Mm, I because see you could say, oh, there's nothing here. And that nothing would actually visual. be a sensible thing to say. But it's not sensible anymore because we're saying, well, there's the nitrogen, the oxygen. We consider those things now. Mm-hmm. Just because you can't grab it, it's a gas. That's a property of a gas. Anything could be in that state of matter. Yeah. So it, the more refined your... Uh, background is your scientific background is the better off you are to even say what what nothing even means yeah even even things like energy or time yeah just oh, things yeah. that are time like especially because those things are just hard to not like measure but like because the whole time is irrelevant uh it's just kind of a like the way that we measure things like just even like metric system versus whatever is all arbitrary yeah. You know, like uh we just defined it on based on unchanging characteristics of <laughs> of, you know, whatever, but if you actually like have you ever actually looked into like what makes a centimeter a centimeter versus something else? Yeah. It's all like it's it's like uh or even why we decided that 60 seconds was a minute. Yeah. Like all of those things you know time is just kind of arbitrary it's just like uh it's a it's a way of measuring the things around us in which is all human made like essentially but i mean science is a human made thing it is well the the beauty of it is despite those arbitrary uh measurement systems you can still make meaningful discoveries in the world because the things that you're measuring you just use that system yeah as long as the system is consistent with itself it'll work and you can create some other system and it'll you'll still have the same discoveries you still need this amount of rocket fuel to get the jet into space yeah i think that uh what i like about math in particular is because it's one of those things where if we were to erase everything we would probably still discover math again yeah and it would it would be consisted of the same things yeah whether we have you know like you know the numbers one two three or whatever we would use different words or different whatever of 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 uh recording them but they would still mean the same things yeah um but another thing too, I mean, more of like, uh, the whole measuring temperature. We have multiple ways Fahrenheit, Celsius, but they're all, you know, Kelvin and they're all measuring the same thing. Yeah. But they're different ways of measuring it. But that doesn't take away from it being a system of measuring, you know, temperature per yeah. se. Like for me, I use it. I just look at my kombucha, and that's how I measure the temperature. <laughs> it's very inaccurate. Is it frozen? Have you, have you seen the, the fortune-telling, or what is it, the weather rock? No, I okay. have not. I, I should show you this picture. of a, It's called the weather rock, and um, I was talking to someone at the dog park, which is funny. It's a funny statement to say, but he's a professor. Um, oh. the, a lot of the people at the dog park here, they're all like people associated with the university in one way or another. It's well, actually it is, really dude, funny. It's a college town, you know. I mean... And the people who are going to be living in these, like, suburban communities here are probably professors. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, he, was, he was talking about how his friend was a meteorologist mm-hmm. back when he was in, in college. And that what his friend would always be right about whatever he wait, predicted. Wait, wait. I'm going to piss. Okay. <laughs> I'm All right. I'll also, I also um, I'll, I'll find it on my phone so that you, oh, can, yeah. you can look at it. I
recommend all but the revenge Don't taste it The trick to make friends with the gin Don't chase it Sick mathematics But the dick fantastic Don't get dramatic Keep the shit old fashioned I already told you She passed niggas I'm about to cook up A meal ticket And if you ain't fucking with it Deal with it I'ma grind out Until they blow my mind out The bitch was ugly But she kinda fine now We bout to space out Me at time house I'm hitting five by fives lately, they got no drive Don't whine when I drive crazy I don't mind until I grind out my mind, baby My sign wavy, I co-sign Navy, heavenly, I'm Hades Peasantry, I pay dues, my ones and twos betray me I've learned rules and safety, they've earned tools and training I've made fools of make-believe and then fell for painting It ain't me to say, but my aiming was amazing Within a context Aesthetic palm press don't mix for a strong flex I'm thumb wrestling unrest, I bring no contest My flaws, I'm too honest, I took your draws, Pocahontas And every time you oh leave, they come back like Haley's Comet Fuck the comments and the likes, I'm not the type <laughs> My sights are high, to get reach with the hype I told Swiper not to swipe, but he swept They took that bitch-ass nigga's chain, Jesus wept Jesus wept I was That's hoping he would like make some of the the normal noises that he makes when he like groans. flops on the ground. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That would be pretty funny. All right, the story, and then I'll wrap it up. Um. So the story was uh, is uh, this guy was a uh, uh, friends with a meteorologist in in college. Yes. And um. And this he, is the guy from the dog park. Yeah. Yeah, yes. one of the professors back when he was in college. He was friends with the me- this meteorologist, and the meteorologist was always, like, spot on. And um, he said it was because uh, he made incremental changes to what was, what was uh, like, saying that it was, a, uh, it was a 75% chance of rain, and then he would slowly, like, increase it to 80 and increase it to, you know, whatever, whatever it was until it was raining and it was 100% rain, <laughs> you know? And he's like, wow, you know, you predicted the rain, but it's like, no, yeah, <laughs> they just, yeah. they're just changing it as it's going. Yeah. So I was thinking about this, this, uh, okay. John's weather forecasting stone. Stone is wet. <laughs> stone is dry, not raining. Shallow on the ground. <laughs> White on top, snowing. Can't see stone, foggy. Swinging stone, windy. Stone jumping up and down, earthquake. Stone gone, tornado. Yeah, that is a good weather forecast. <laughs> it's the most accurate. The most accurate. Speaking of the most, it is time for the most important question the most in the universe. Question oh, in the universe. <laughs> this or that? I'm going to go with this. That's right. 
Strawberry blueberry. One berry, two berry. That's a snack, blackberry. Hey! Do I really want the stem or the cherry? Bucket naked doing mathematics. Hey! Dynamic, I don't mind static. Hey! Can't deny it, I might die tonight. Hey! Every rainbow's just white light. Uh, keep my toppings on topper. Helicopters, helicopter, draw the whole lot, cartographer, think about dots, philosopher, check the bars with a barometer, not a day without chefing, that's negligence, don't trust what I say, check the evidence, it all depends on the mold you were shaped in, what you make from the leaves that you break in, either you get it or you don't, either it's burnt bread or it's toast, either a wavelength or a note, Either a joke or a real quote. Either use it or lose your vote. Strawberry, blueberry. One berry, two berry. That's a snack, blackberry. Hey, do I really want the stem or the cherry? Not the most musical, more Dr. Seussical. All my work's useless, I keep my dick usable. I'm a nuisance, the proof's in the juices Finish all your trig and your sig, big mutants She smoked that estrogen and progesterone Threw it in the vape, took it to the dome Fuck it, I might hit the testosterone Chef's cut, dopamine with some melatonin I can't tame it if it's too tame I can't name it, it's a new name Left right when the life came Every night play the dice game Draw the line through the right planes Is it mean if I don't mean it? What's a fucking mean mean to a deviant? And not to diss you, but you stop chefing I don't miss you, I have no tissue Strawberry, blueberry One berry, two berry That's a snack, blackberry Hey, do I really want the stem or the cherry? Keep it one more than a thousand I see these sheep charged up, keep it rounded Somebody show these, where the pound is? I think the kitchen's getting crowded Same place, different state Same shit the chefs love, the sheep hate My beats in a briefcase Never cheap with the beefsteak Nothing free in that sweepstake I think they're locked into the optics I'm like the opposite, I'm like their compliment I'd rather say a lot with a little Sold the violin, got a fiddle If you don't experiment, you don't walk You wanna talk? Are you really bout the chalk? Then please shut the fuck up, enough is enough Cheap ass arguments, get your tongue cut Strawberry, blueberry one berry, two berry. That's a snack, blackberry. Hey, do I really want the stem or the cherry?